1: Begin to be poured out upon all men. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is that spoken by the prophet prophet Uh Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet prophet Uh prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saying the Lord. have had too much to drink. He'd have said his men are not drunk, as yeah, she supposed. He commenced the preaching, and the wheel began to flow. They cried up "In, in repentance, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you." i ha ha ha! It's real. mother, and Joe. Still flowing. The promise hasn't an ended. You can't dispute the facts. The fire's still burning, just like the book of Acts. He fills you with the Spirit, you will speak with other tongues. That's still the way that the Holy Ghost comes. Hi, 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 hi. This is this is it. It. spoken by the
2: show, I am Matt Ramsey sitting in for Pastor Robert Simons. Some people might know him as Pastor Bob, and um, we're gonna be doing the uh show tonight. This is a Bible show um we've got some music that we're planning on playing. We've got a Bible topic, and if you want to text in with some questions normally. Uh, Pastor Simons gives out his text, which is text number, which is 701-290-7862. Uh, but he's not in the studio tonight, so if you text him, why don't you text him that you're on God's side? 701-290-7862. Text him that you're on God's side. We're talking about choosing sides tonight, we're going to be talking about tribalism and um that is a uh, a term, maybe a buzzword, that's been uh, in the uh, media, uh, in the news. Books have been written about it, uh, particularly within the last couple years, certainly since the most recent election of 2016, the presidential election. Uh, this concept of tribalism, of different groups, of uh, just the divisions that uh, our country, uh, the U.S., America, is facing. Tonight we might talk a little bit about politics, uh, just more maybe tangentially uh, about politics. Uh, but I do want to talk about choosing a side, uh, picking a tribe. So 701-290-7862, if you're on God's side, if you're in, get, uh, on God's tribe, in God's tribe, why don't you text that to Pastor Simons, let him know. The poet John Dunn wrote, famous line said no man is an island and people have made song you know they've used that in lyrics and songs and and um that 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 concept no man is an island uh is you know something that's you know, spoken about it's very much in our in our cultural mindset um and it because when john Donne wrote that he's referring to the fact that uh we need each other human beings are are social creatures There was a man named Norman Triplett in 1898, and he is credited with doing the first social psychology study, Norman Triplett. And and we're not going to get into a lot of details about some of the, um, you know, this dry academic stuff, but we'll talk a little bit about it. And Dr. Triplett, he had uh, bicyclists, and he had them practice either alone or in a group and again just boiling this this first social psychological experiment down just to its barest element so that we don't spend all evening on it he found that when the bicyclists practice together in a group they pushed themselves harder they did better um, than when they practiced alone and so Again, there was maybe a little bit more to the study, but the, the takeaway is that the presence of other people facilitated or, or, or brought about a, a better performance. And and again, we human beings uh, want to be in groups. They, they gravitate toward each other. Uh, groups are very important. Tribes are very important to people. Um, even in, you know, America is known as sort of the... Uh, John Wayne or pioneer spirit, kind of the lone wolf, maybe, um, uh, or, you know, the, the the loner kind of attitude. Uh, but as we are not a collectivist culture. We are an individualistic culture. But even, even that that is the case, we are still very much a part of groups and tribes and identities. Uh, again, you might have heard the term identity politics, sort of bandied about uh, um, in the last several years. Though I find it interesting, too, that not only, you know, humans are not the only uh, creatures that that uh, perform better in groups. Um, uh, several researchers in 1969 looked at some cockroaches, and I don't know if any we have any cockroach fans out there. I think they get kind of a bad rap, but um, most people probably would not want to spend a lot of time around cockroaches. But Zions and um, Heingartner and Herman in 1969 they they tested a cockroach's behavior to see how it was influenced by their fellow cockroach peers. And So how in the world could you determine whether a you know a bug uh was determined by its uh, or you know had had any kind of knowledge of its peers. What they did was they had these mazes that they would have uh these cockroaches run. And if you know anything about cockroaches, they don't like light, right? So what they would do is they would have a bright light at one end of the maze, and they would put the cockroach at that light and the cockroach would then dash off to the darkest part of the maze which uh, which you know was away from this light and um, to, well, to get away from the light and they timed how long it took the cockroach to get from one end of the maze to the other away from this light so they they timed the cockroach running by itself then they removed these partitions in this maze, and it was a clear plastic maze, where the sides were lined with other cockroaches. So imagine some kind of like a, a you know, bleachers of cockroaches. This is like a cockroach, you know, football game or whatever. All these cockroaches watching this one cockroach run the maze, and they found that, similarly to what Norman Triplet found in 1898, was that these cockroaches performed faster when they were in the presence. Of other cockroaches, so that was just for free. Whatever you want to do with that, uh, but we uh, uh, creatures are are, are social. Uh, we 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 uh, are affected and influenced by others, and we're going to be talking about choosing sides today, tonight. You know the dark side of of this, and if you know anything about, or if you're into politics and you've heard about identity politics and tribalism there's a lot of uh, negative connotations to this this type of thing, but tonight i'm going to try to make a case for tribalism i'm just going to suggest that you choose the correct tribe um, There was a researcher by the name of Tajfel and in the sixties and seventies uh he looked he wanted to ask the question, how do people develop prejudices like how how are how are these groups of course if you know anything about the 60s if you or grew up during that time or you read about it these are very charged times racially speaking and in some ways uh, and in some areas you know we we have still those those vestiges or we you know we have flare ups even now and we we have um you know i, I mean I, the, we i don't need to be pushing one particular political ideology or another but we have one uh, political, you know, spectrum or group that's talking about uh, race, uh, slavery reparations, for example. So, so race and prejudice and all these types of things are very much uh, what we're dealing with today, in in 2019. And so, back in the 60s and 70s, again, Toshville was was wanting to get at like what what's going on here. What's the dynamic between? The in-group and the out-group. You're, you know, us versus them, this type of thing. And so, what he came up with is, he said, "I'm going to create what he called minimal groups, and these would be groups based on the most minimal or most arbitrary characteristics, the most uh, completely, you know, worthless, irrelevant characteristics you could possibly imagine." So he did many studies uh, uh, like this. One study, he had teenagers from the same school split into two different groups. And they just randomly, as they walk through the door, you're number one, you're number two, you're number one, you're number two. Or sometimes they would flip a coin, uh, heads, tails, that type of thing. And then they, they found that these teenagers, they favored their own group even when they themselves weren't getting anything. So for example, you would go to someone in group A and say, how much do you want to give a person from your group not you, but a person from your group versus a person from the other group. You don't get any though, like points or money sometimes. And they would even take options that would punish the out group more than the in group would be helped. So in other words, they would, like if you said, okay, we'll, we'll give a person in your group 15 points and a person in the other group 10 points, or we could give a person in your group 11 points and a person in the other group one point. What do you choose the majority would choose to punish the other player the other group, give them one point, give my group member eleven points, even though they just hurt their own group member about four points they just they did not want to uh, benefit the out group member and again, these were kids from their same school, so presumably they were they you know they had uh, friends in the other group, but because their friends weren't in. Group number one or group number two weren't with them. They were seen as the out group. And again, they've done this like uh, one of the one of the examples that or one of the uh, tests that they did that I thought was interesting is they would uh, show people just this randomly generated uh, sheet of dots, like take like like a pen and do a bunch of dots on a on a page, and then you just ask someone how many dots do you think there are, and they'd write it down. Uh, and everyone would at, would kind of estimate how many dots. And they wouldn't even look at these people's answers. And they would just say, okay, you're an overestimator and you're an underestimator. So all the overestimators, you're in this group. All the other underestimators, you're in this group. And then they would do the whole thing where you're either giving the other group points or money. It didn't matter how arbitrary, how pointless they they made the group's you The people always favored strongly their in group and was always strongly against the out group Now, what does this have to do with with anything? Well, some of you have put it together we we, are, we We grow up in a society where we're in all these types of groups and and the the characteristics of these groups are seemingly much more important than overestimating, underestimating, or a, a coin flip of heads or tails, such as skin color, race, right? And so there's, uh, a, there, there's a lot of these um, tensions. Uh, class certainly would be one of them, you're, how much money you make, right? Seemingly, these are going to be much more important things than uh, whether you're an overestimator or, or an underestimator. And so you begin to see that, that people, they – they identify with these groups so strongly that they start to lose their individuality and they stop looking at people as, you know, individuals and as more as members of the group. And, you know, again, we could probably do a whole uh, topic on, you know, the differences of communism and capitalism and how communism tends to uh, sort of deal with the individual at the group level versus the individual level. In other words, you're you're not an individual; you're a member of a group, and and how traditionally America has looked at that as very evil. Uh, although you know that's uh, seemingly coming back into to, to vogue popularity, um, even though uh, every place, every time that that's then that communism has been tried, including the last, including today, uh, it's been an unmitigated disaster. Um, you know, even with that being the case, those ideas are are coming into uh, popularity uh, seemingly more and more in our country. And one of the things that Toshville found was that we experience feelings of worth when our group, whatever it is, wins against them, the out group, uh, the others. Again, we want to talk about what group are you in? What tribe are you in? And choosing the right tribe you know there's a um there's a report that you can find online and i if you're at all interested in things like this I, I think it's fascinating you can just google um this topic or this phrase it's called hidden tribes a study of america's polarized landscape and this was um i'll give that title again in a, in a bit but this was a a recent uh this is in 2018 several researchers put this together this this report uh interviewing um, just uh, an, an enormous number of people about all of the sort of hot button issues that you could think of immigration, gun control, um, uh, you know, alternative lifestyles, all, all this type of thing. And they got all these, they, they broke people down into sort of far left, uh, classic liberal, moderate, centrist, uh, um, conservative, far right. So they got a whole gamut of people, that whole, whole range, because they wanted to see how people break down in this seemingly fraught time of, of just tribal warfare in our country. And they write this, in the era of social media and partisan news outlets, America's differences have become dangerously tribal, fueled by a culture of outrage and taking offense. For the combatants, the other side can no longer be tolerated. And no price is too high to defeat them. These tensions are poisoning personal relationships, consuming our politics, and putting our democracy in peril. This is the author's writing this in this Hidden Tribes, a study of America's polarized landscape. Once a country has become tribalized, debates about uh, contested issues from immigration to trade to economic management, climate change, and national security become shaped by larger tribal identities. policy debate gives way to tribal conflicts, polarization and tribalism are self-reinforcing and will likely continue to accelerate. And they they interview again all they ask all the hot button questions and they show kind of where people break down. They give a I think it's kind of interesting that for each of these sort of political categories that people fall in, they kind of give a um a snapshot of what the person's like. You know, you know, Kevin is a 65-year-old, you know, dock worker and he believes this and that and he he falls into this particular category and to give you kind of a snapshot of what the demographic is for all of these different, you know, ideologies. But they, what they say that some of the key takeaways in the study is they say that this study suggests that tribalism has contributed to a loss of objectivity in reporting as some news outlets have pursued a business model that fosters polarization. While others have increasingly substituted opinion writing for more expansive investigation Investigative journalism. So they're more interested in opinions than they are in facts, is what what they're saying. And this has contributed to a loss of faith in news outlets. Public awareness of disinformation efforts have further diminished online trust. Combating us versus them tribalism and polarization may be one of the greatest social and political challenges of the digital age. So they're certainly against tribalism, and you know that sort of. Breaking things down along, you know, cultural lines of of tribal lines ha- is dangerous and has a whole bunch of negative connotations to it and negative outcomes. But I'm going to try to make the case for tribalism. But we want to be in the right tribe. I'm going to we're going to read a verse here, but I, we're going to go to a song here pretty quick. So I'll get Abe to cue up. Uh, maybe some brother Farron stuff, probably a, the captain if you have it. So human humans have a propensity to want to be in a tribe or, or a team. Genesis 12.1, um, we have, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from my th- father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And so Abraham, which was Abram at this point, was was told to leave his home and go off to a strange place. And that's extremely difficult. Leave your tribe, Abraham. And God would ask Abraham to do other difficult things, but this was the first step. And we recognize how hard this is because we recognize that people want to be around their tribe. We want to form groups. But because of this, because of this, what I will say, uh, uh, you know, innate or a uh, God-given inclination or drive to be in a group, in a tribe it's critical to choose what your tribe is going to be formed on and so we're going to go to a song we'll be right back after this
3: God, the Lamb for sinners slain, I will give you glory and praise your holy name. You alone are worthy, for you went to Calvary. Cross and you died for me when distractions come and they try to steal my praise when temptations and trials try to overwhelm. Higher than I To the one Who navigates Raging seas From the hell When I'm too tired To press forward All I can do is stand You stand right here With me In your hold. I try to walk on water, stretching forth my faith in you. Though I see the waves and start to sink, you see me through. When distractions come and they try.
2: Radio show that was Bill Farron, and the song was called "Captain," I believe, "The Captain," something like that. And You can get his album online. I don't know if we have that information, but uh, I know we've given it out before in the program. But I recommend it. That's a that's a great. Uh, we might play another song from that album. Hey, before I forget, this is Matt, and I'm in the studio for Pastor Simons. His cell phone is seven zero one two six zero two three zero. No, that's not it. Two nine zero. If you're on God's side, if you're in God's tribe, let him know. He'll appreciate it, I'm sure. You know, uh, oh, also before I forget, I want to invite you to uh, church. We are at Elks Drive. What is that? What's the number there, Abe? 501 Elks Drive. We're in the old Elks building, and the Elks is still in that building, but they're downstairs now, and we're in that top part. And we've got a big sign out there that says New Life uh, Pentecostal Church. Uh, So that's at 501 Elks Drive. And um, we have services Wednesday night and Sunday. Wednesday is a 7.30 Bible study worship service. And then Sunday we've got a 10 o'clock Sunday school and adult Bible study. And then at 11 o'clock we meet together for our worship service. And if you missed that today, you missed it. So... Pastor Simon says, "Everyone is on God's side." So that, that's good. Everyone is texting him, apparently. So anyway, uh, so I, I'm sure he's just yeah, he's appreciating that. That's, that's probably giving him a lot of joy. So talking about tribes and, and certainly tribalism and, and, and this type of thing is uh, we see the negative side of it. But, I'm going to say that really, there are only two tribes. There's two sides. And uh, we need to pick the right one. You know, I'm sure many of you listening have have thought about the scripture in Joshua 24:15, and it says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whom in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, Christianity uh, distinguishes itself from many of the world religions. I'm not sure if if, uh, if everyone was aware of that. Many of you are. But it distinguishes itself, even from Judaism, by its exclusivity. Christianity, Christianity is very exclusive. Uh, in other words, it, it doesn't make room for the concept that there are several ways to get to God. There is one road to get to God. Now, there are many different roads that lead to that one road, you know, and that's not just semantics. I mean, there's, there's, that's, it's a, that's an important distinction to make. Everyone has a different background or story. But Christianity's central tenet is the preeminence of Christ. Belief and obedience to Christ Belief in and obedience to Christ is how we get to heaven. It's very exclusive. Um, it's very offensive to many people. Um, John fourteen six. You know we we talk about this uh, you know often that uh, uh, people can get upset you know this idea that oh you Christians say that you know you're the only way you know yours is the only right way. Jesus is the only right way. You know, you Christians say this and, and how dare you And really the, the correct answer is we can take a step back and say, No, we we didn't say that. Jesus said that. Right? John fourteen six, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. First John five eleven, John writing says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Jesus said again in John eight twenty four. he said, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And who, who was the he that he was saying? Well, I'll let you uh, study that out. John 8:24 study that out and find out who was Jesus saying that he was. And again this is this is an exclusive tribe to belong to. You know he, he it, it it doesn't get any better it gets worse from that perspective in Mark 16:15 and he, and he Jesus said unto them go ye into all world all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And you say, well, that that's pretty harsh. I, I liked hippie Jesus better. You know, the one who just long hair, you know, from the pictures, you know, multiplied the fish and the bread. He forgave an adulteress, you know, healed people. I like that Jesus better. Well, that's probably not a real accurate. Well, first of all, it's not an accurate uh, painting or picture of him. I, uh, the 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 Jesus that we see a lot on paintings that was you know during the Renaissance time and that certainly that was the, the Italian ideal of uh, of uh, you know good looking man. Um. But Jesus was very uh, exclusionary. From the 2019 uh, perspective, sort of ecumenical, uh, I'm okay, you're okay perspective. Uh, Jesus was zealot. Jesus was, um, uh, he he, he was very narrow-minded, you know. And talking about these two tribes, I think people have asked questions. There there are many questions that that people ask about, you know, religion and Christianity. Some of them are very, very good. Some of them are are fairly ignorant and, and, um, you know not, not well thought out, but, uh, but many questions are, 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 they're good questions. And one of the questions that people ask often is what, so why can't, and we we talked about this actually last Wednesday, why can't God just leave us alone? You know, why can't God just leave me alone? You know, why do we have to join his tribe? Why do, why do we have to, uh, you know, believe in this Bible thing? Why can't we just do our thing, you know, not bother him. We won't bother his people. And, you know, we won't have anything to do with him. We'll leave him alone. He'll, he'll just leave us alone. It's not a bad question as far as it goes. But the problem is this. The question presupposes something that isn't true. In other words, the premise of the question is wrong. The premise or the presupposition of this of it is that humanity is fine as is like why can't god just leave me alone i'm fine as is that's what it, that's what the question assumes but we're not fine we're not we're in we're in darkness we're in and pain and despair the the philosopher said life is brutish and short this is the you know we have it fairly good in 2019 in america but really good better than any point in history I mean it's it's a it's a miracle really uh how um and some sometimes it seems like a curse but you know it's and that's not god's fault but all of the the luxuries that we do have and just in the last year few years the results are in we are killing ourselves the suicide rate the opioid epidemic it's bad we were you know murder rate and everything you well know, poverty globally this was all going down, but we're turning a corner where w- w- America, at least, and I don't have the data for uh, uh, all countries. I have, uh, on some, I have uh, the data for. But we're we are uh, we're depressed. We're in darkness. We're trying to medicate ourselves, and many of us are just giving up. So we're not fine as is. Uh, um, it's easy to think that you know when you when you've got a steady job you've got i don't know what the i don't know how many TVs the average you know family has you can buy your alcohol you can buy your drugs you can buy your entertainment you can buy all these things your video games all these things that can sort of numb the pain or distract from the you know these deep questions in life who are we what are we doing here what happens when we die is this all there is these things are all distractions because we are not fine. You look into the void, and um, you know that's uh, there's some that's some scary stuff that you're going to have to reckon with. And so, uh, John three sixteen is a very popular scripture. People put it on their Bible uh, bump, um, bumper stickers. They put it on their um, what's that called cars? They've got them license plates. They put them on their license plates. John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But verse seventeen says, for God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. And many people stop right there. We talked about this last Wednesday, I believe. You know, people don't like the idea of uh, of condemnation, right? And they, and they they look at Christians and and some of these, you know. Christian figures, which many of them I would disagree with as, as well. So, you know, if you don't have a very high opinion of a lot of those guys, I probably uh, uh, share that opinion uh, with you. But anyway, but they'll talk about how Jesus did not come to condemn. And that's what the Bible says it says, but that the world through him might be saved. And that is something that uh, maybe some of you right now have even missed that. In other words, Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. Save us from what? We were condemned already. Jesus didn't have to come to condemn us. We're already condemned. If you're not in his tribe, you're already condemned. And we're going to talk a little bit again about, uh, about the, the, the two different tribes that really there is. All, all humanity is in one or, one or the other. But that John 3.16, John 3.17, the, the so famous verses that, that people just, you know, they'll tattoo it on their foreheads or whatever. I mean, they, they love that verse. But they uh, many of them don't realize that that it's it's not Jesus bringing condemnation to you to point out your sin. That's how you have a, a chance to be saved. That's how you have a chance to get into the right group. Pointing out, you're in the wrong group right now. You need to be in the right group. Luke nineteen ten says, "For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost." That's us. In case you you know, I'll clue you in: we're the ones that are lost. And so Romans six sixteen says, "Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey?" That makes sense, right? If you, whoever you're yielding yourself to, whoever you're obedient to. That's who your master is. Uh, that, that word servant could also be a slave. You could talk about it in, the, in that sense. But then he says, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. It doesn't have a third option, you know, or of to self unto your own, you know, proclivities or what you think is right. Your own morality. That's not in there. You've got sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Jesus said it like this in Matthew six twenty four. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so we need to form our tribe on truth. We're going to do another uh, Brother Farron song, I think, here. And uh, which one did we come up with again? Let's go with... Um, try a little harder try harder that one all right we'll be right back after this song. His radio show. Pastor Simons wants everyone to know that he loves Dickinson. He just texted me. I think he loves getting your texts too. So, um, 701-290-7862. Again, I want to invite you to church. Oh, sorry. That's not 105 west It's 501 Elks Drive. 501 Elks Drive. Wednesday at 730. Sunday at 10 and 11. Talking about tribes again and and forming your tribe on truth so form form your group on something meaningful not on a meaningless concept of race or ethnicity uh, or even something you know in some sense a more meaningful concept like a political ideology and I say more meaningful because compared to something as meaningless as skin color your political beliefs actually have deeper ramifications oftentimes to how you view the world and how you live your life but even with that it's so empty uh what people uh, live for and, and 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 you know what they what they become consumed with you know, who do you look for for salvation is it Barack Obama is it Donald Trump Ronald Reagan I mean how sad and meaningless I I don't care how far to the right you are I don't care how far to the left you are if all you have are political figures And this is who you're following and and looking to to save you. Your life will be a series of bitter disappointments punctuated by very brief moments of triumph where for mere seconds, in the grand scheme of things, historically speaking, and a four-year presidential term is an eye blink, you will be lording over your enemies right up until the moment the tide turns, you're toppled, and now they're on top whereupon the cycle will continue. That's the best you have to look for when you place y- your your you know your worth your identity in politics or in some kind of uh, you know a, a tribe that is not based on truth you know first peter two nine says it this way, talking about the tribe of Christianity it says you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light which in time past were not a people but are now the people of god which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy you were a scattered remnant i mean i the people that i associate associate with now at at uh the new life church. Um, we were not a people. We were not a group. Uh, we were, we were scattered spiritually speaking and, and physically geographically speaking as well. But you know, we were, we were all, we were all parts of different, you know, different groups, but we were all lost, all wandering in darkness, all just doing the best we can to try to make it one more day. Some of us more successful than others you know some of us uh involved with you know drugs alcohol um you know these other things that 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 people get caught up in and, and and bound in, but some of us were just you know quote unquote good American citizens uh but we were all lost we were all not a people, but now we are a people why how well we'll talk about that. We wrap up, you know. I think that this word "peculiar people," you know, we're peculiar people in in the and maybe the the modern sense of the word. You know, we are strange. You know, especially when compared to uh, what the world thinks is um, is normal. Um, who was talking to me about? Uh, someone was just just talking to me about the idea of like worship and how. You know, bringing to mind again on how the world will go to a football game or a basketball game, and they will be they'll be painting their their themselves. They'll be they'll be jumping up and down. They'll be screaming. Uh, They'll be throwing things. They'll get into fist fights. They'll be you know toppling cars over, starting things on fire. Um, You know out uh, you know thirty below. No clothes. Well you know no shirt on and just you know but their their team sign on them. They'll go nuts. And that's acceptable, of course. You you can do that at a football game, sure. You know, well, I mean no, maybe I wouldn't do that, but you know, it's that's a normal thing, right? But yet they'll go into a church where maybe people are clapping their hands, or maybe raising their hands and praying. Maybe, I mean, heaven forbid, maybe running around in the aisles. I mean, I'd be I mean, imagine that. You know, and they'll look at that and think, "Well, the, like, get me out of here! This is the weirdest thing ever." Right, they're fine with the one thing, but they're not fine with the other, because they don't understand. They they think that's peculiar, but they don't understand uh, uh, how mixed up their priorities are. That they would think that going to a you know a football game and, and screaming their heads off is acceptable, but going to a church service and shouting for the Lord, um, you know, is is um, you know, they think that that's strange. Someone said, uh, Brother Blackshear was just talking about that. That's right. Okay, so he was just just talking. That shows how good my memory is. Um, So if you weren't there this Sunday morning, boy, you missed a lot. I was there, and I I still, I guess, kind of missed it. I kind of picked it up, but I I forgot who the messenger messenger was. Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You you're you're part of all these different groups. Quote unquote. You know, you're Jew over here, you're a Greek, which is a a Gentile or a non Jew, really. Um you know, you're a slave, you're a free man, you're male, you're female. You have all these different identities and all these different tribes. But when you come into uh, you know God's family, when you come into the faith of Jesus Christ, and you know, we'll, get, we'll get into some of the details on how exactly that, that happens, you take on a, a new tribe. Um, and when you're part of this tribe, you're going to want to hang out with your fellow tribespeople. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, I, I actually don't have time to get into uh, people who do, like, the home church thing. Now, I would imagine that there are would be, you know, several... Um, Several different uh, circumstances where maybe it would make sense to be like a like a home church, and if you don't know anything about that, I'm not gonna we're not really gonna get into that. But there's not a lot of Bible for home churches, as far as if there is a a good church that you're within. I don't know. I'm not even gonna give a mileage range because some people I know like they drive quite a ways to be in church. But th- this church is preaching the truth. You need to be in that church. You do you because you need to to be together with your tribe and your tribe is bigger than your family. The Apostolics, which which is a, you know the New Life Pentecostal Church, is an, is an Apostolic church. We really are a worldwide family. And when you go, I could go across the state, and if I either see or somehow I I I, I know that someone is also an Apostolic oneness believer. I I automatically have something in common with that person, like and I I would say, hey, I'm 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 a oneness apostolic too, and just watch their eyes light up and or their face light up. I would we're because we're brothers and we're sisters. I might not ever know them, and that's something that many many people have commented on that that don't necessarily believe in the same thing, but they they recognize the the closeness that. Our our church has at 501 Elks Drive, our, our local church, but also just statewide and uh, countrywide and even, you know, globally, although I suppose that's we, we have, um, you know, less run ins with with um, people from other countries. I, you know, unless you're uh, just a world traveler, um, but it, it really it, it's it it and it's all based on uh, the, the doctrines of the Bible, the scripture and, and, and our our relationship with Jesus. one more thing I want to point out before we talk about how we get into this tribe here but John thirteen thirty four, Jesus said this a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you that ye also want to love one another by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another I think that's so interesting yes, Christians need to have love for non-Christians for, for sure definitely they do and you can, you know, well, I knew a Christian. He was mean to be. Me. Uh, oh, you know, I'm. I'm all. I'm, I believe that there are plenty of Christians who uh, I could point fingers to myself. I could. It could be. Uh, I could show more love to people who are outside the family of God, for sure. Um, but it's so interesting to me that Jesus talked about that Christians should show love one to another. We're a family. We're a, we're a tight family unit, and. By the way we treat each other, and by the way they look, but people can say, Look at that identity group, look at that tribe. How they're acting, they're Christians. We can see that. That's what Jesus said. We only have a few minutes here before we're going to start wrapping up and playing all the ending songs and things like that. So, how do we get. In the tribe of Jesus. Well, John three one, uh, a man named Nicodemus asked about this, and there was says uh, there was a man, and John chapter three verse one says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And there's I'm not going to get into, but there's all kinds of um, you know we could we could dive into the background of you know why this man was coming at night how the Jews were treating Jesus what what uh a stir and a shake up uh Jesus uh, brought to the scribes and the Pharisees of his time we're not going to get into that but and verse 3 Jesus answered and said unto him verily verily I say unto you except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God and Nicodemus he, I want you to to research that out for yourself nicodemus asked him a question jesus said more and came back to him on this but over and over again in the scripture the concept of faith in god faith in jesus as he said he's he is the way to god repentance of our sins baptism in his name and, and being filled with the holy ghost that is how you get into this tribe and take on this identity Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter, verse 38, this is the first sermon on the day of Pentecost, the, the, the day of the new church. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. In 2019 in Dickinson, in the surrounding areas. Uh, Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Um, Then they that gladly received his words were baptized. In that same day, they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Added unto them and they were added to the church, the body of believers. About 3,000 people at that time was became part of the tribe of God, of his, his sons, his daughters. That's how you get into this tribe. So, again, tribal politics, identity politics, depending on what identity and tribe you have, I'm, I'm going to say that that's, could be a good thing. If you're in God's tribe, uh, if you take on God's identity, uh, this is what is going to save us. And this is going to give, uh, give our life meaning. So again, I want to just uh, one more time invite you to 501 Elks Drive, Wednesday at 7.30, and then at Sunday, 10 o'clock, we have a Sunday school for children and also an adult Bible study. And then at 11 o'clock, we have our worship service. Uh, Again, that's the New Life Pentecostal Church at 501 Elks Drive. And next week, Lord willing, Pastor Simons will be back in the studio. So until that time... God bless.
4: you yeah. have.